Are you the type of business owner that wants to create your own intellectual property? Or do you want to support somebody else's intellectual property and implementing it or executing it? And that's where your offer really um, will start to take form and take shape, right? So if you want to be a business owner that creates your own intellectual property, kind of like what I've done, services that sell is my own intellectual property. It's a curriculum that I've created. You can go down the business route of you creating an offer around your intellectual property. Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer, turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to talk about automation and systems for a second. Seriously, isn't it about time that you stop manually doing everything in your business? If you're in the business of booking clients, there are certain tasks that you have to repeat often. Booking discovery calls, scheduling coaching sessions, and doing follow-up touch points. If you are repeating a task over and over again in your business, you should automate it. Acuity Scheduling is my favorite system. Not just because they sponsored today's episode, but because they helped me automate all of those client interactions. With Acuity Scheduling, you'll never ask what time works for you again. Clients can quickly view your real-time availability, and it even integrates with your Google Calendar. And they can self-book their own appointments, reschedule with a click, and even pay online. You can even use Acuity Scheduling to book appointments on social media. You heard me right. With your Facebook business page or IG's booking button, your followers are literally just a click away from scheduling through your social media profile. Seriously. I could go on and on about how easy Acuity Scheduling makes it for me to keep up with my clients despite my busy schedule. But what's even better than me telling you is you seeing for yourself. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free. No credit card required. Just go to acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle to check it out for yourself. That's acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle for your free 45-day trial. Go get on it. Hello and welcome. My name is Jerisha Hawk. I'm a high-ticket sales coach, digital business consultant, and I help experts like you take the services that you already have and package them into a high-ticket offer that you can sell consistently. Um, And today I want to talk about the different entrepreneurial archetypes. Um, But I'm excited to chat with you guys today because I want to talk about what kind of entrepreneur you are. I was having a conversation with our new um, head of services at Sell. Um, she's our services at Sell coach. And I'm so excited that she's joining our team because she was a former student um, in our program. And we hired her to kind of be a services at Sell coach to help our students implement the strategies that we're teaching inside of our program. And one of the questions that I had asked her is like, where did you get stuck inside of the program? And um, 
Where did you face resistance when you were going through services that sell? What really held you back from being able to move forward and implement what we were doing? And she, one of the things that she had said, which is something that is super common with many students that enroll in services that sell or many business owners, period, um, who maybe aren't experiencing the success that they want, is she said that as I was going through the program, I stopped, I, there was a part of me that didn't really know, I started to realize that like, maybe I wasn't really cut out for this type of business. Meaning like, how many of you guys have ever felt like as you're building your business right now, like there's just too many decisions that you have to make that you really don't know if you want to be the face of a business where you have to be developing your own framework or building out your own um, curriculum. Like you don't, there's a part of you that, there's you know, like you love coaching or you love being a support role in a business, but you don't necessarily want to be the one creating every single thing. And kind of what she realized or kind of what she shared with me is that she was working with um, another coach and it helped her understand her entrepreneurial archetype. And I think that is such an important thing for you to discover as you're building your business, because there's so many different types of businesses that you can build. Um, and I think sometimes we can really pigeonhole ourselves based off of what we see happening in the online space. And like, sometimes we can think if we're not building our business, like the person um, that maybe we admire, that we look up to, that maybe we're not actual business owners or like maybe, you know, maybe we're not cut out for this. So I just wanted to talk about that and talk about the different types of entrepreneurial archetypes that you are. And so I want to talk about that. One thing I think is important for all of us to remember as Wherever you are at in your business journey, you've done things that you didn't know how to do before and you've done things you necessarily didn't want to do before. And that's a very conscious decision that you have to make as you're building your business. Like just when you were, you know, just like when you were going and applying for your job, there's probably aspects of your nine to five job that you don't love or that you don't enjoy doing every day, but it's just necessary part of the role. And that is very true when it comes to business. And it's just something that you have to make a decision on that either you're going to do it or you're going to outsource it. Um, but basically, no matter what, if you are a business owner, there are two things that you really have to decide that like, okay, either I'm going to choose to do this or I'm not. And if I choose not to do this, then maybe I'm not really cut out for this whole business. Like maybe I, maybe this isn't for me. Um, if you are in business, you have to get comfortable with sales. Like no matter what you do, you have to get comfortable with sales. And what I mean by that is like, and this is something that even if you're aspiring to climb your corporate ladder, you still have to get comfortable with sales. You have to learn how to articulate the value of what you do in a way that somebody else will understand. And kind of one thing that um, I think will start your, your perspective will start to shift on this as you continue to grow in business is you realize that sales doesn't have to be sleazy. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be this deviant type of like, I don't know, thing, um, all sales is, is, you know, providing a solution that somebody needs and offering them the opportunity to, to, to hire you to help them with it. It's just a series of invitations. Um, so once you learn a very simple approach to sales, it doesn't have to be so hard, but that's something that you have to be comfortable doing, talking about what it is that you provide and what value you bring to the table. That's like a non-negotiable. Um, even if you're in a support role in somebody else's business, you need to still be able to articulate how you're adding value to that business, how you're adding value to that bottom line. The second thing that you have to make a decision on, this is where you can be flexible in the type of business that you create is what your offer is. And what I say about what your offer is, this is something that our new services that Sell Coach really brought to my attention. She's like, Jay, I'm a really good coach. I love supporting other people. I love helping 
to teach curriculum, but I don't necessarily want to create my own curriculum. I don't want to build my own framework. Like I don't want to come up with my own course material or my own like teaching thing. I want to be a coach in somebody else's business where I'm helping implement somebody else's curriculum, but I'm really, really good at coaching and she's phenomenal at coaching. So I think it's really important for you to understand, are you the type of business owner that wants to create your own intellectual property or do you want to support somebody else's intellectual property and implementing it or executing it? And that's where your offer really will start to take form and take shape. Right. So if you want to be a business owner that creates your own intellectual property, kind of like what I've done, services that sell is my own intellectual property. It's a curriculum that I've created. You can go down the business route of you creating an offer around your intellectual property, or you can create a business that allows you to support somebody else who already created their intellectual property, meaning that like you're functioning in a support or operation role, a fulfillment role where you're helping implement or execute or guide or drive direction on somebody else's intellectual property. And I think that many times, at least people who come into services that sell, I think one of the biggest hiccups that we see with people moving forward and start selling is they realize like, I don't actually want to build my own IP. I want to be more of a support role in somebody else's business. And that does not diminish you as a business owner if that's the role that you want to take, right? I think sometimes... Um, and this is something that she expressed with me and a couple other students have expressed. Like, there's this shame that sometimes can take over where it's like, well, because I'm not making my own intellectual property or because I don't want to be this like face of a business, kind of in that sense, like, you know, the people that we see, like, like the me's of the world, the Cole Walters of the world, the uh, James Wedmore's, the Caitlin Batchers, like there's certain people who make their own IP. There's no... You're not, you're not any less of an entrepreneur just because you didn't make your own IP, because you didn't have your own intellectual property or because you didn't create your own framework. Like you being in a support role, helping execute somebody's intellectual property is one of, like that's what allows, th- th- that is such a necessary role and such an important offer for you to deliver. So I think that's a, one a mindset shift that has to take place that just because you aren't making your own intellectual property or creating your own curriculum or developing your own framework doesn't make your role in business any less than and doesn't diminish the fact that you're still a business owner, right? So I think those are two things that I, you know, two skill sets that no matter what you have to have to be successful, you need to get comfortable at sales. And if you're not comfortable at sales and articulating the value of what you do and understanding how to say that when I provide this um, service, this is how I'm impacting this business's bottom line. Whether you're in a support role or whether you're creating your own intellectual property, that is a skill set you must acquire and must work on and must, that's something that you need to be like sharpening your tools on. And the second thing that you need to think about is what type of offer do you want to create? Do you want to create your own intellectual property, your own process, your own framework? Or do you want to create an offer that is, around supporting somebody else's IP, helping them implement it, helping them execute it. Those are some things to think about. And then I started doing some research on different entrepreneurial archetypes. And hey, Monique, Monique is on right now. She's our STS coach. But I did some research on different entrepreneurial archetypes. And these are three that I think really embody most of us, most of the listeners that tune into the Hot Hustle show and that are in my sphere. So I wanted to share that with you guys. So the first entrepreneurial archetype that I came across that I thought really, really resonated 
it might resonate with you as the mission-driven entrepreneur. And these are entrepreneurs who are driven by a greater purpose. Um, to them, the bottom line is about social impact, justice, or creating a movement. And these entrepreneurs are often found, you know, basically like social purpose businesses and really have this strong moral imperative behind the type of business they want to create. And this is, I run across all the time. So I'm going to give you guys like the, if you fall into this entrepreneurial archetype, this is kind of the one thing that you need to pay attention to that can be like the detriment of you being able to build a successful business, okay? So first, the mission-driven. They're really driven by a greater purpose. Their bottom line is really around social impact, justice, or creating a movement. But the downside of this is that many mission-driven business owners are so focused on making a difference that they don't place enough importance on the long-term financial viability of their business. And this is the thing that I see time and time again uh, people will come to me saying, Jay, like, I really want to create a business that's around helping like underrepresented girls in inner city communities um, with their like, self-motivation or something along those lines. It's like, oh, that's a great mission. But like, does that, are you um, aligning that mission with the long-term financial viability of your business? Because it's not a nonprofit. So I think when you're a mission-driven individual, which I am as well, like that's why my business exists, is because I want to see more people of color, more women of color in the 1%. Like I want more of us making money. I want more of us making consistent money. And I want us to get, like Black people are starting businesses at a faster rate than anybody else. We're failing faster and we're making less money than pretty much any one of our counterparts. That's like the mission of why I'm doing what I'm doing. But you have to align your mission with, a financially like viable business idea. And this, you know, and if you don't, it can lead to burnout and like disillusionment, right? Like you can become really overwhelmed and really disillusioned in the sense of like, you may be working on this for years and years and years and like little to no traction will take place. So if you're more of a mission-driven business owner, um, the number one thing for you to do is to make it a priority to focus on your business financials and understand the financial future of where your business is going. And, and if you can't figure that on your own, like really partner up with a coach or get a mentor or get an advisor that can really help you understand how do I take this passion that I have and turn this into something that's going to be financially sustainable while also being able to fulfill the mission. Are you ready to have a service that sells? Are you eager to know what to say in your marketing so that prospects actually get how you can help them? Are you committed to doing what's required to take your coaching business to the next level this year? If so, you're going to love today's sponsor, my premium program, Services That Sell. Listen, running your own business comes with a lot of challenges. Converting clients does not need to be one of them. Creating content using live video will guarantee that you stand out from your competition and packaging a high-ticket signature service ensures that you attract those high-end clients. You know, the ones who are ready to invest and eager to do the work. I created a masterclass training sharing the proven framework that hundreds of coaches and consultants have used to grow an audience of qualified leads rather than a list of lurkers. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates to register for my next training on how to enroll high-ticket clients. Consistently learn the proven strategy in this simple process I teach inside of my premium program, Services That Sell. And let me tell you, it really does work. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. 
And I think this is important for many of us who are mission driven. I think most of us listening to this right now are. And like the finances of your business and your mission should not be mutually exclusive. But you do need to understand that just because you have a mission or a passion for something, it does not mean that that same thing is the thing that needs to be packaged into the offer that you sell, right? So there's a couple different ways your business can be structured around that. But that's the first type of entrepreneurial archetype that I see happen uh, a lot with people who are in, who are probably listening to this right now. The second entrepreneurial archetype that I see often is the expert And the expert is an entrepreneur who starts their business after acquiring years of experience in their field, right? They know their stuff like the front and back of their hand. They have an expertise or a specialty that they know and will be valued and believe that they can run a business better than their boss can. And I'm like, I don't know if you felt that way, but uh, that's kind of how I felt, <laughs> um, is the expert, right? You're the entrepreneur, you've acquired the skill set, um, you have experience actually doing the thing, and you're like, I can do this better than my boss can, um, I can do this, you know, that, and you know that you have a specialty or expertise that can provide value to somebody else. The downside of the expert is because their their number one motive is to produce quality work, experts may not want to learn the business side of things or may not create care to get clients because they have like a, they, they struggle with being able to get clients sometimes because they're so good at the service that they deliver that they sometimes, you know, their focus is how do I just get better at doing the thing that I already know how to do. Um, this might be you as you're constantly getting certifications or if you're like, okay, I already know this, but like, I'm going to go get another degree in this. I'm going to keep reading. Like you keep wanting to invest your time, energy, and money in strengthening your expertise. Um, but the downside of the expert is they, a lot of the time, they don't take the time to learn how to run the business behind their expertise. And I see this happen a lot with accountants, happen a lot with attorneys, happen a lot with lawyers, happen a lot with financial advisors happen a lot with individuals who, like I said, have acquired, like they have, they're a subject matter expert in what they do. And, but they haven't yet taken like physicians, therapists. I see this happen a lot in those fields specifically, but a couple others as well. But they don't take the time to learn how to run the business behind their expertise. And uh, this works with like, the, the, the issue with this is, is you know how to serve, but you don't know how to sell. And it's also like, I want to say sell, but also strategic thinking as a business owner. How do I now make decisions as a business owner that complements my expertise and my specialty? How do I develop a business strategy that aligns with my expertise and also make sure that I'm being financially compensated for it? Um, and the issue that typically comes, comes into place is that you know how to serve, but you are constantly scrambling to get clients. It's either too little or too late. So um, let me know, based off these two archetypes, do you resonate with either of these, the mission-driven or the expert? There's going to be one more that I'm going to share with you in a second. But those are typically the two that I see, first two that I see happen a lot. And if you're the expert, the solution for you is that you need to pursue long-term business development initiatives customized to your business in order to keep them from becoming too reliant on your either existing customer base or your referral pipeline. Right. So if you are kind like you need to get good at, again, sales is something that is going that you need to develop. I don't care which one of these archetypes that you are in, but you need to be able to pursue a understanding the business side of your strengthening your expertise around how do I run the business behind my expertise. Okay. the third entrepreneurial archetype that we see most often is the lifestyle entrepreneur. And these entrepreneurs typically start their business because they want a certain lifestyle. 
such as flexible work schedule, fewer hours, working from home, and that is their primary driver. Maybe you have a skill set and have a, a level of expertise. Maybe you have a mission and passion, but like you care most about the lifestyle that you're able to have. Um, that's probably why you're not really satisfied in your nine to five job. Like maybe you, your biggest pain point is the fact that you can't pick your kid up from school every day. Or the biggest pain point that you have is that um, like you, your kid is sick and you have to ask for permission to stay home. Or the biggest pain point is like your biggest pain point is more around the work schedule, the amount of hours that you're working and your inability to be have flexible schedule. And the downside of the lifestyle entrepreneur is that because the motive is about having more control in their life, their business idea may become a hobby or a part-time like side hustle thing. It never actually matriculates into a full-on business. So they end up, because of this, right, because they have this desire to have this work-life schedule, they start this business because they think, if I make enough money from this business, then I can have the work-life schedule that I want. I can work from home. Like money is... Like money is kind of secondary to their desire to have the flexibility. Like they want to make a good enough money. They want to have a good lifestyle, but it's not like they're trying to become the next millionaire. You know, they want, they, they really care more about the flexibility in this season of their life and they care about sacrificing everything to make more money. And the downside of this is then they start these businesses and because the business doesn't ever get out of hobby status, now they're stuck with both worlds. They get the worst of both worlds. They're working long hours from their in their job or whatever, but they're still making little pay. And I think the other downside is this, is if you do, if you are a lifestyle business owner and you do transition into full-time in business, the downside is that they typically haven't packaged their offer and services in a way that allows them to get out of trading their time for money. I see this happen a lot with virtual assistants. Um, people who are coaches or in the business realm, but they keep, they only want to serve entry level people. Like I want to help people start their business. Or I want to help people start their fitness journey. Like they, they start solving problems that are very low level and they end up trading their time for money constantly. So nowadays, like I said, they're kind of in the worst of both worlds. They've replaced their job, but they're still working long hours, making little pay. They're having, they're taking on too many clients. So their capacity is at max. And they start this business in the first place because they wanted flexible work schedule and fewer hours. But here they are working more hours and making less money. So I think the thing here for the lifestyle business owner is they need to get very, very clear about what it is that you actually want. You know, and, they, and I think a lot of time the lifestyle business owner does a really, really good job creating an offer that's in the support role of somebody else's intellectual property, right? Coming into somebody else's business. You are a business owner now joining another small business owner. And you have the flexibility because you're working with more of a, a small business owner or a small business entrepreneur. So you have the flexibility of working from home, having flexible hours, have a really flexible schedule, but you're just not in a traditional corporate environment. And you're not also having to take on some of the responsibilities that come when you are the primary decision maker, where you are that visionary, where you are creating your, your own intellectual property. You can more so support from a come into somebody else's business as a support role. So I think it's like, if you want it, if you are that lifestyle business owner, you really got to think about what it is that you want and what type of role that you want to provide that still allows you to be profitable enough to give you the lifestyle that you desire. So I know that you may resonate with more than one of those three archetypes, but from what I've noticed, you there's one that should stick out more to you than another. From the mission-driven one, maybe you constantly keep creating business ideas that like, 
Well, if you all, if you're mission driven and you've ever said to yourself, well, I really care about this, but my ideal client can't afford my services. You might be this mission driven one where there's more of a social purpose or back end behind your business. You really care about social impact, but you like, you haven't yet figured out how do I get my, how do I make this social impact situation happen, but also make money. So if you're mission driven, let me know if you're the expert. Typically, like I said, you have a level of expertise. Like you, you were the go-to person at your previous job. You got hired because of your expertise, um, but you really, really struggle with the business aspect of your expertise. Like you know how to serve your clients. Like you are really, really good at, at what it is that you do, but you struggle with being able to, how do I package my offer? How do I understand business finances? How do I price my offer effectively? Like you, you're, you, you, the expert typically is one that wants to create their own intellectual property. They have their own framework or process. Um, they maybe haven't organized it yet, but they know that that's the category they fall in. And the lifestyle business owner is typically one that I said that you care most about the flexibility, fewer hours, um, and just having more control of your time, right? Like that's more of a priority for you is, you know, being having the flexibility to travel when you want, to be at home with your family when you want, to nap and watch Netflix when you want. Like you care more about that when you kind of notice that I, I say more of the lifestyle business owner can sometimes fall into the maybe you're not the one creating your own intellectual property, but you want to be more in a support role of your business. So I think those are the three entrepreneurial archetypes that I see most often our our audience falls into. And I think at the end of the day, like I said, the two things, regardless of which entrepreneurial archetype that you're in, once you understand that, there's no shame with you being one over another, with whether you're mission-driven, an expert, or a lifestyle entrepreneur. Um, There's no shame in being one over another. There's nothing better about being one over another. It's just really defining success on your own terms. And based off of what, what your definition of success is, understanding this is still a business. So you still need to learn, okay, based off of what, if I'm mission-driven or if I'm an expert or if I want to create this more of this lifestyle experience for myself, what type of offer do I need to create to support, to make that a reality in the sense that do I need to create an offer that's really documenting my intellectual property and selling my intellectual property? Or do I need to create an offer that allows me to be more in a support role, helping somebody else implement or execute their intellectual property? So those are the two things. Am I going to be the one Doing the hiring or getting hired, basically. Like, am I creating the intellectual property or am I creating an offer that allows me to support somebody else's IP? And then after you identify which offer it is that you, your business really needs to be rooted in, you got to get good at sales. Like, no matter what it is that you're doing, you have to be able to articulate, this is what I can bring to the table. This is the value that I'm delivering. And this is why either you need to keep me on your team or why you need to hire me to be on your team, regardless of which role you're in. And guys, let me know, is this making sense? Um, I think this is probably one of the biggest barriers that holds people back from moving forward in their business and actually starting with selling is having this level of confidence and comfort knowing what it is that they're trying to put out there in the world and knowing what what it is they're trying to deliver. Um, And this is really where that comes into play. And so let me know if this makes sense. Let me know which archetype archetype are you. Are you mission-driven? Are you an expert? Or is lifestyle more of your focus? And based off of that, then it's like, okay, let's start to get clear on what type of offer it is that you need to create that aligns with the entrepreneurial archetype that you are. And then you got to get good at sales so you can go out there and get the clients that you need to be able to support that lifestyle. So 
So I just think it's important for you guys to understand which type of business owner you are so you can get really, really clear on what type of offer that means that you need to create so you can generate the revenue that you want to support the type of business owner that you are. But again, I hope this was helpful, was insightful for you, um, and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye, y'all. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.